Welcome back. This is Kimberly Moffitt sitting in for Mark Steiner. And our last part of the show today, we've got Karen York in the studio, who is the Director of Policy and Strategic Partnerships for the Job Opportunities Task Force. Thank you so much for being here with us, Karen. Thank you so much for having me. So we wanted to finish the show um, by talking about the bail bond bill that is before Maryland's legislature and recognizing your grassroots efforts on this initiative. We wanted to hear from you and tell us what is going on. What is going (laughs) on? (laughs) Okay, well, we have... What, a week left in the legislative session, the 2017 legislative session, a little over a week. Um, the last day is April 10th, um, Monday, April 10th. And so where we are right now, where we are right now is um, we have a bill, mm-hmm. Senate Bill 983, mm-hmm. uh, which we've, you know, talked about uh, for a while. This is what we like to call the bail bondsman bill because uh, the only individuals and entities that are supporting Senate Bill 983 um, are the bail bondsmen uh, and their supporters. And, and so, all their money behind and it. And all their money That's behind right. it. That's right. Um, and so what has transpired over the past week since I uh, joined Mark last week Uh, We were gearing up for a very important vote uh, in the Maryland Legislative Black Caucus. Um, And this vote was important because, you know, it's no surprise, it's no shock. Um, Most of the data and statistics show that when it comes to pretrial reform, when it comes to pretrial release and detention, those individuals that tend uh, to be disproportionately impacted by these decisions are people of color, Mm -hmm. black men and women, Mm -hmm. brown men men and women. So this vote was important. We needed, we wanted the Black Caucus to send a very strong um, signal of opposition that Senate Bill 983 is actually not helpful to the African-American population in terms of um, their pretrial detention and release. Senate Bill 983 would actually seek to undo this landmark unanimous Court of Appeals rule that takes effect in July that, you know, requires judges to consider a defendant's ability to pay if they're going to impose a money bail, Um, you know, uh, requires um, judges and judicial officers to exhaust non-financial conditions before um, imposing um, a money bail. Um, and then also um, ensuring that whatever money bail is imposed is not um, so high or so out of reach that we're solely detaining the individual simply because they are poor and can't afford it. And so Senate Bill 983 is in direct diametric opposition to this rule and seeks to undo it. And so it was very important that the Black Caucus come out in opposition to this bill. And they did 31 to 5 in opposition um, to this bill. It was you, it was it was great. It was you know, we were thrilled. The problem was, was that hours later, I wouldn't even say hours, I would say maybe an hour or two later, we found um, we found out that um, despite that very important black caucus vote, the bill was still going to move forward. It still was going to move out of uh, this committee called the House Rules Committee, which is where late bills go. Senate Bill 983 passed out of the Senate um, late, and so it was sent to the House Rules Committee. And so a lot of times, you know, bills do die in this committee if they um, don't have the support of um, certain caucuses, certain individuals, the leadership, um, or just a number of reasons. This is a committee where um, bills tend to die. And so we were hopeful uh, that the bill would die in um, in the House rules. We were um, advised uh, by a number of um, 
individuals that, you know, the Black Caucus vote um, not only would be necessary, but would be sufficient um, to ensure that the process would slow down, if not um, halt, when it comes to Senate Bill 983. Um, Unfortunately, that is, you know, was not the case, which is also illustrates, again, the power of the bail bondman's industry Mm -hmm. um, in Annapolis. And so we're finding that regardless of this 31, despite this 31 to 5 um, Black Caucus vote in opposition to Senate Bill 983, the bill is still moving. It'll be released from the House Rules Committee on Tuesday. It's then going to have a hearing in the House Judiciary Committee. Um, We're looking at Wednesday, which is chaired by um, House Judiciary Chairman Joseph Valerio, um, which, you know, love him to death, but unfortunately is one of the um, largest recipients, one of, you know, recipients of um, some of the largest campaign contributions from bail bondsmen. Um, And so he's been an active advocate um, on the House side. Um, in terms of encouraging Senate Bill 983 moving forward. And so it's going to come before his committee on Wednesday. And, you know, while we are working very feverishly to um, tally the votes in the House Judiciary Committee to ensure that um, it ultimately is killed in the House Judiciary Committee, if the chairman wants something, the chairman ultimately is going to get it. And And so so it'll probably pass. It's going to hit the floor. On Thursday. On Thursday or Friday. And if it hits the floor, you know, this is actually something that, you know, you never want a really nasty floor fight. But I like that language but I mean it's, it's <laughs> I almost like, like it's necessary yes. it's a it's yes. going to be a nasty floor fight because you know it, these conversations have been limited to certain committees um, certain rooms and now this is an opportunity for you know every member of the House of Delegates that's been hearing in the news that's been hearing from their constituents you know about this bill about this court rule about the impact that it's having on their constituents they now have an opportunity you know to sit front and center to this information and be, and be, and be able to weigh in and I think that's very important And I think that that, you know, it's supposed to represent the essence of democracy, right? This idea of, you know, now we're bringing this issue to the full floor. And I mean, it's a contentious issue. It's it's no question about it, because, you know, you're talking about ensuring that we have a safe and effective pretrial system. Um, We want to make sure that those individuals that are truly a danger, they're being detained because no amount of money is going to make you less dangerous. So if we if the courts determine that you're a dangerous and then set a money bail and then you make that money bail and are released, we've released a dangerous person into society. That's right. Because you have money. And so we want a system that's safe and that it, it protects the community and victims. Um, but we also want to ensure that we're not detaining those individuals that are not a danger or are not a flight risk. We're not detaining them simply because they don't have the financial resources to be able to make that bail. Um, and so when we look at the cost on our local detention centers and on our states when it comes to um, who's being held pretrial, you know, we hear that two thirds of our state pretrial prison population or just our state um, pretrial population, two-thirds of that population are sitting there not because they're a danger or a flight risk. They're sitting there because they, they didn't have they money to make the bail. They they're literally bail. sitting there because they're poor. Right. And so we're not, our, our local jails and detention centers are not filled with individuals who are danger or, you know, who should actually be held, you know, pretrial because we're worried about their whereabouts. These are individuals who so they couldn't they come up with the 100 or $300 to be able to get out. Um, and so that's what the court rule seeks to do. And, and I think it's important to understand this, it's, it was a unanimous court rule. These are judges, black, white, young, old, Democrat, Republican, from all, you know, spectrums 
um, you know, all various levels of the spectrum in terms of, you know, political beliefs or whatever. Um, and these judges came together to be able to say, you know what, we need to ensure that we're releasing people who should be released and are not a danger. And we're detaining those individuals that uh, should absolutely be detained. And because our highest court in the state unanimously ruled that this is something that we should do, it makes absolutely no sense that we should support legislation that would seek to undo that. Um, it's offensive. It's it's harmful. Um, it's And it's simply going to be hurtful to those individuals um, that are either already sitting or that will engage with our state pretrial system. Well, Karen, you've gotten Ernest um, tied up and he wants to contribute to this conversation. So I want to welcome you to the show. Um, Ernest, yes. Yes, we can hear you. Okay. They uh, let Polanski bail out of jail. He was found guilty of a crime of raping a minor, and they didn't take his passport, and he went to Europe, and they still got a warrant out for him. They still haven't locked him up. They let, they let Julius Salisbury bail out, a very high bail, didn't take his passport, uh, and he was able to leave the country. So, so bail, bail is for people. Uh, uh, you can, if a person has a record of not uh, coming to court, no matter what the charge is, no failing to appear, mm-hmm. he qualifies for for to be released on his own recognizance. There is no need for a bail if he has a history of this. Mm-hmm. And so, but but what happens is if if you're poor then that doesn't apply to you. They, the, the system takes advantage of you. Now, just take, for instance, this, this latest scam of corruption with the police department. How many of those people had to sit in jail for, for months and maybe uh, several months, lose their jobs and things like this? And now all the cases are going to be dropped. Yeah, you're right. All the cases are going to be dropped that they were involved in. Why? Because they lied on the, uh, the police report. They lied on evidence. They lied on everything. So you have to, you have to att- attack this situation from a situation that where law enforcement is all over the country, that they falsify reports and things of this nature. So most people should get bail, uh, be able to, to get out on their own recog, in my opinion. Thank you, Ernest. Thank you. Um, and you know, you 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 brought up a, a point that I think um, a lot of uh, a lot of folks tend to um, either forget or they are unaware of or like to ignore when we talk about pretrial release and detention. And that's the purpose of bail. Um, the purpose of bail is to ensure that an individual is actually going to appear for court. Okay, so when you want to ensure that an individual is going to appear for court, there are certain things that you should be taking into account. The caller just um, indicated the number one thing. Does this individual have a pattern or a history of failures to appear? Okay, if you have a history of not appearing for court, um, then, of course, you're going to be subject to higher scrutiny when it comes to pretrial release and detention. And I think that, you know, folks need to um, remember that, that the point of bail is to ensure your appearance for court, not to, you know, ensure public safety. Because if you're a danger to public safety, then you should be detained, not released. 
Thank you so much. Um, I know that this is an issue um, on the number of times I've been on Mark's show and that I've even had him to speak about personally, and I know he's very committed to the issue. So I'm sure we'll see you back in the studio again to give us updates and hopefully some good news um, that raises questions about why this bill is so problematic. So thank you, Karen, for joining us um, for the latter half of the show today. I want to thank you for being patient with me and allowing me to sit in <laughs> for um, our our great host of Mark Steiner, who will return soon. Thank you so much for being with us for the last hour. Next, we will hear uh, the rebroadcast of a show from last September where Mark Steiner conducted an interview with Arthur Colson Whitehead about his national book award-winning book, The Underground Railroad. Next, you will hear NPR News. <laughs>